There's no difference. That's what just happened. Do you see how easy that was? Somebody earlier today said, you know, said, I want to see Jesus. I want to see. Was that you? Did you see him? <laughs> she, said, she said, you know, pray with me. She said, I want to see Jesus. I said, well, you will tonight. I said, you're going to be here tonight? And she said, yeah. And I said, I guarantee it. And I said, if you don't, I said, John, give you your money back. Money back guarantee. <laughs> right? You see how easy it is? We complicate this thing. We over-spiritualize it. It's, listen, this, it's a no-brainer. God didn't design all this stuff for the super intellect. He didn't design it for the super, super, super stars. No. You know what the superstar, the spiritual superstars, you know, the people of faith and power are nothing but paste and flour. <laughs> we got to get our focus off of the one-man show and get it on God. Okay? We're, we're, we're so messed up in all of our, our, our whole... I don't want to get started on all that stuff. I better stop. I better stop now before I get in trouble. You know, Bill talked a lot about the power of the testimony. Because what happens, you can go back and you can visit that tonight. You can go back to that same place at the well. You can revisit that. And as you recall that, what you're doing is you are, you are testifying to an experience you just had with the Lord, which opens the door to see God do it again. As you call those things to mind, those encounters of the Lord, I got a scripture for that. Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your deeds. I'm going to remember, remember, meditate, and muse. That feels, feels <laughs> that builds faith and expectancy. Okay, I want you to do something else with me. Okay, you remember um, the disciples walking on the road to Emmaus? Okay, and Jesus walks up, and they walk, and then, you know, they have dinner together, right? Okay, close your eyes. <clears throat> Everybody close your eyes. <clears throat> okay, now you are walking on the road to Emmaus. Okay, now just look around. See the road that you're walking on? <laughs> Look at the, the landscape around. Notice the, the time of day, where the sun is. Just kind of look around. Oh, hey, here comes, here comes this guy walking up. He's walking beside you. Now let's just see what happens. Just go with it.
Okay, for sake of time, what happened? What just happened? How many of you connected with the guy? Verbally or non-verbally, there was an exchange. Something happened. Who was the guy? Talk to me. How do you know it's Jesus? I didn't say anything about Jesus. I just said the guy walked up. How do you know it was Jesus? Spirit to spirit, right? You knew that you identified him as Jesus. Okay, how many of you, did he come, did he, did he come up and put his arm around you? Raise your hand. Oh, look at this. Okay. How many of you, you know, he came over and he hugged you? Good. Look at this. How many of you, he, he greeted you first? Okay. How many of you greeted him first? Hey, Jesus, how you doing? Right? There was communication. Something happened. You walked along. Did you ask him a How many of you asked him a question? Did, okay. A lot of you. Okay, put your hand down. How many of you, did he answer your question? Oh, look at this. That's almost everybody. Wait, okay, let's do this again. How many of you asked him a question? And leave your hand up if he answered your question. I saw one hand go down. Now stop and think about that. Did I say anything about asking a question? Did I say anything about him saying anything to you? Did I say anything about you saying anything to him? What happened? We painted a picture to get you to the place to connect with him, spirit to spirit. Was that real? Was that a legitimate experience with the Lord? Did he minister to you? Did he speak to you? Did he say something to you that, how many of you, that he said something to you that you really needed to hear? Raise your hand. Look at, look at this. Look at this. See, that's what it's all about. You saw him and you heard him. You say, well, yeah, well, that, well, that, but that was just my imagination. I mean, I just, you know, I just made that up. Or, well, you know, you, you told me. On, no, I didn't. I painted a picture. I stopped. I didn't tell you what was going to happen. I didn't say what Jesus was going to do or say to you or what you were going to say or do to him. I didn't say any of that stuff, right? Well, that's guided imagery. Well, that's, you know, that's a, a what's that other word? Power yeah, power of suggestion or, or uh, uh, um Whatever that other thing is. <clears throat> yeah, guided, I said that, but there's another. Visualization, yeah. Guided imagery, visualization, you know, essentially the same thing. You know what? It is. To a point. But I stopped. Didn't go any farther. You know, we think that's bad. We think that's negative. We think that's awful, right? It's not when it's used in the proper context. What we talked about last night about our imagination, our sanctified imagination, our imagination is neither good nor bad of itself. It's what we put it on. Our imagination is God-given. That's how we have visions. That's how we see on the screen of our mind. That's how we, we entertain the, the dreams and the visions and the things of the Spirit, it's God-given. Satan comes, and he tries to disrupt the scheme. He tries to make a, a, the, believe, the religious believer think that it twisted all around, like, oh, you, if you do that, yeah, yeah, that's the devil. Don't do that. Because he doesn't want you experiencing the things of the Spirit. He doesn't want you developing your sanctified imagination where your focus is on the kingdom of God and on the things of God, on the Spirit of God. Okay? And so it's the same thing here. All we did was, I, I told you two Bible stories. That's all. I introduced you to two Bible stories and then left you hanging there. 
and you connected and you dialogued, you talked, you had interaction. There was verbal or nonverbal communication where you connected with Jesus himself. I didn't put any thought of any of that stuff in your mind. I stopped right there. And whatever happened from there on, that was between you and God. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So is it okay to put yourself in a, in a situation like that in a Bible scene and connect with the Spirit? Yeah. So is that guided imagery? Yeah? Is that evil? No, it's good. It's good because it's on the things of God. It's on the kingdom of God. You're reliving Bible experiences, and you're putting yourself in that place to connect with Jesus. And then you let him do what he wants to do. Oh, we got a lot of learning. And you, you, you got you to listen to this over and over again. You gotta, we we got to unwind you know, and, and rewind and do all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> number one, we're going to get quiet, right? Number two, we're going to look in order to see. We talked a lot about that last night. Daniel said, I kept looking, I kept looking, I kept looking. You keep looking. You go in and you keep looking and looking and looking and looking. And the more you look, the more you're going to see. It just, it's just the way it is. That's the way God designed it. Okay, so number three. Habakkuk 2, verse 1, watch to see what he will speak to me. In other words, we're going to hear God speak to you. And God often speaks to us through those spontaneous thoughts that come to our mind. And it's so easy for us to just let them, because it's a, you know, you know what? When, when, God, when God speaks to us through those spontaneous thoughts that go through our mind, it's just a, it's a very gentle little quiet whisper-like thing. It's not... Now hear this. This is God speaking. And we think, you know, that's the way we got to have it if we're going to hear God's voice. No, it's that quiet little whisper that we have to get still and quiet to be able to hear. So we're going to, we're going to allow those spontaneous thoughts that are the Spirit of God. But this is where the discerning of spirits come in because we've got to discern the thoughts. We have to discern those little spontaneous thoughts that go through our mind. Is this God, or is it me, or is it the devil? We have to discern that. And last night I said Romans 8, uh, verses 5 and 6. The mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the spirit is life and peace. We have a choice as to what we set our mind on. We can set our mind on the things of the spirit. It results in life and peace. Or we can set our minds on the things of the flesh, which results in death. The discerning of spirits. Again, we must understand and distinguish the voices that we're hearing, the thoughts that go through our minds. Okay. Now, there are a lot of ways that we can discern the thoughts of the mind. The spontaneous thoughts from God are like our own thoughts. Okay. I mean, it sounds like you thinking. Okay? They're like our own thoughts, except you sense them as coming from your heart or from your spirit and not your brain. Okay? Did you know that they have discovered that the physical heart has a 40,000 neuron brain in it? That adds new meaning to listen to your heart. 
It's a fact. Okay. So, so the thoughts from God are like our own thoughts, except they're coming from our heart. They're coming from the Spirit, not our own brain. Secondly, they're soft and gentle. They're easy to cut off by your own thoughts. They're like a quiet nudge or just that little impression. It comes quickly and it leaves quickly. Okay? We learn through practice to discern the spontaneous thoughts from God versus our own thoughts of the mind. I, I, I drove up to the mall one day <clears throat> as I was pulling in a parking place. That spontaneous thought went right through my mind that I was going to walk in the mall and there was a lady in the mall pushing a baby in a stroller. And I am to pray for the lady pushing the baby in the stroller. That, just, that spontaneous little thought just went through my mind. I got out of the car. I walked in the door of the mall. There was a lady pushing a baby in the stroller. She was walking right toward me. She was a distance away. And I saw her. And immediately, my mind kicked in. And I thought, hmm, this is the mall. There's probably 100 women in here pushing babies in strollers. Because <laughs> that's what they do. <clears throat> Have you ever been to the mall and hadn't seen a lady pushing a baby in a stroller? And it never happens. They're, they're always there, okay? And there's, there's not just one. There's hundreds of them. They're everywhere. Everywhere you go. Okay? So I started playing this mental game. Okay, now, hmm, I wonder if she's the one. She's probably not the one. I want to make sure because I don't want to do something stupid. I don't want to go up to her and make a fool of myself. Okay? So she walked in a store over here. I walked on down into a store over there. I came out of that store. She came out of this one. She crossed a, right across as I was coming back to go down that way. I saw her again. And I thought, hmm. No, she's probably not the one. <laughs> and, and I'm in a hurry and I've got to go all the way down to the other end of the mall to this other store. And I'm sure I'm going to run into 15 more of them on the way down there. I walked all the way down to the other store, came all the way back, went out to the car. I never saw another woman pushing a baby in a stroller. She was, it was a miracle. She was the only one in the whole mall. I got to the car and I said, God, forgive me. I talked myself out of it. God spoke to me. I walked in the door, and there she was. And I began to, 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 you know, mull it over. Well, no, well, that's just, I can't know. that She's probably, you know, you know what I'm saying? I argued with myself, and I lost. And I said, God, send somebody that will obey and pray for that woman. Now, I prayed for her right there in the car, but it's not the same as that personal connection to pray with her. It didn't happen that way. You know what? Uh, we were in, uh, we in Manizales, Colombia, and we were taking our team out to the mall because uh, we, were, we were taking a bunch of the Colombians with us, and we were going to treasure hunt and all this stuff. We were talking about that beforehand because we were going to train them to go do this stuff. And while I was talking about it, we were talking about you know, how God can just show you in advance of people to pray for stuff, you know, all the little pieces start fitting together. Well, that illustration came to mind. And so I told him about this lady pushing a baby in a stroller. And while I was telling him the story, God spoke to me and he said, 
that's for you for right now. And I thought, whoa. And so I told everybody, I said, you know, God just spoke to me. That's my, I said, we're going to walk in the mall and there's going to be a lady in there pushing the baby in a stroller. Did you know what? We walked up to the mall and as we opened the door, there was a lady struggling with her stroller to get the door open to come out while we opened the door for the lady right there. You see, God's a God of second chance. I didn't miss this opportunity. <clears throat> Listen, did you know that you are hearing God every day? You are. How many times do you go up to the checkout line and you're looking because you want to get in the fastest line and you count? And, and if it's a, you know, if it's, you know, limit of 20, you're counting the number of pieces in their, in their cart to see if they're breaking the rules or not. Or to you, and you're figuring out how long is it going to take you to, is this line, you know, okay. And so, so you know, just your, your gut instinct as you walk up is to get in this line. But no, this line's longer. This line's only got two people in it. I'm going to get over here. So you get over here. You talk yourself out of your first impression. And so you get over here in this line that's got two, okay? This one's got four over there. This, you get in two, okay? And the one, they're, 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 checking, they're checking them out, and they finally get through all the, the stuff right there. And then, and then it says, you know, $80.13. And so, oh, and they pull out a checkbook. <laughs> and it takes him forever to write a check. And then they tear it off. And they give it to the lady. And you're looking, and two have already gone over on that side. And they're going, they're going over there. And now it's gotten longer, and you can't get over in that line. And so here I think, oh, well, there's just one more person. You think, so finally that one goes. And then the next one comes, and they're checking through the stuff. And, uh, price check. <clears throat> Okay, if you'd have gotten in the longer line, you'd have already been in the car and halfway home, and you're still standing in line waiting for somebody to come back with a price check. You heard from God, but you overrode it from your natural instinct, your, your, nat, you know, your, 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 your whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've done that so many times. Listen, the other day, I, I, was, at, I was at Costco. And I thought, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go with this. And so I walked up, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> there was a, <laughs> again, there was a longer line over here. There's a shorter line. There was, there was one lady right at the, at the, just putting all of her stuff on the thing, and there's another lady behind her. But both of those baskets were overloaded with stuff. Okay. Now this line over here was longer, but they just had just little piddly stuff. Okay. And so I thought, that line's going to go much faster because it's going to take forever to check these people out. And I thought, no, I'm going to go with that first impression, that little spontaneous thought to get in that line because I was in a hurry, okay? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. This is stupid, but I'm going to do it. So I got in, I got in this line. And the lady in front of me, her basket, I mean, it was like 10 feet tall. Stuff was hanging off the sides of it. It was ever and a bunch of little bitty stuff too. You know, it takes forever to do all of that. It wasn't like these big, you know, it wasn't toilet paper. (laughs) 
So the lady in front of me, she's standing there, and she's just ready to start putting her stuff on the, on the conveyor belt there. And she said, <gasps> and she takes her cart, and she turns and goes. She leaves. She forgot something. And she, and I, there I was. I was next. I got out of there. They were still checking out the first one and the other line that I was going to get into because I was going to override the thought. Listen, this stuff works in the very simple stuff, okay? We try to complicate it so much. We try to figure it out. You know, just like the, just like the lady in the mall, the baby, the, you know, the thing. You know, you, know how you, can, you know how you can always know that it's the Lord? And this is almost 100% of the time. You can write this down. You can take it to the bank. When you have that spontaneous thought, the way that you can know it's the Lord is that you don't have time to do it. <laughs> You're in a hurry. And you start talking to yourself, and you argue, you argue, and you talk yourself right out of it. Okay? So. Okay. Three categories of thoughts. The spontaneous positive thoughts are from the Holy Spirit. He's the counselor, the comforter. He speaks truth. He teaches. He edifies. The spontaneous negative thoughts are from the devil. Confusion. He's a liar. He's an accuser, a thief, a destroyer, and a deceiver. Then there's the analytical thoughts from ourselves, where we second-guess ourselves and we argue with ourselves. Right? Okay, now, turn over to Ezekiel chapter 14. We're going to put this in balance here. We're going to be winding down here in just a minute. <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 14. <clears throat> in uh, verse 1. Then some elders of Israel came to me and sat down before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men, in other words, these elders, we're talking about elders of Israel, okay? The elders of Israel. Son of man, this is God speaking to Ezekiel. These men, these elders of, of Israel, have set up their idols in their hearts and have put right before their faces the stumbling block of their iniquity. Should I be consulted by them at all? What's God saying? He's saying they're looking at their idols more than they're looking at me. Will they even listen to them if I speak to them? Can they hear me? Are those idols standing in the way of their ability to hear my voice or to respond to what I want to say to them? Therefore, verse 4, speak to them and tell them, thus says the Lord God, any man of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart. Now, let's talk about idols. We're talking about idols. Are we talking about a golden calf? No. What are modern day idols? Talk to me. Money. Money. TV, work. What? Hobbies, addictions. 
Um, anything we spend more time on than God? Talk to me. Ministry. What else? <clears throat> what? Husband or wife? Children. Parents. Religion. School. Shopping. Food. Music. What? <laughs> House. Car. Boat. Motorcycle, surfboard, iPhone, iPod, iPad, computer. Now we really are meddling, aren't we? Google. <laughs> yeah. YouTube. Okay, needless to say, we've got tons of idols that we're dealing with every day that are standing in the way of us clearly hearing from God. Right? Okay, let's, get, let's read this. I'm going to read verse 4 again. Therefore, speak to them and tell them, Thus says the Lord God, Any man of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart puts right before his face the stumbling block of his iniquity. In other words, that thing between you and God, it's a stumbling block, it's a barrier, it's a hindrance to becoming intimate with him. And then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will be brought to give him an answer in the matter, in the view of the multitude of his idols. Do you know what he's saying? God is saying, I'm going to give them an answer according to their own desires. And not God's best. What do we read in Romans 1? God gave them over to their own lusts and their own desires. Well, that's what you want. Have at it. Are you with me? 2 Corinthians 11.3 I am afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness that your minds be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And just as the serpent deceived Eve, how do you know when you're deceived? Talk to me. You don't. You don't know you're deceived. That's how you know you're deceived. <laughs> <clears throat> Deception, by its very nature, is deceiving. When you're deceived, you are believing a lie as though it's true. And you're acting accordingly. Okay? There's a spirit of deception that's all over the earth today like never before. And it's filtering in a lot of churches. And it, that, again, it's so important to understand the discerning of spirits so that we don't fall prey to that spirit of deception. You know what? You, you, you know, you can hear anything you want to hear, and you can say, God spoke to you about it. Yes. You can say, God told me this. You can hear anything you want to hear because you've got that idol in your heart that filters it through, and you're not going to get a clear voice. You're not going to hear. I had a guy come up to me, and he said, he said, God spoke to me. I said, he did. And he said, yeah. He said, God told me to divorce my wife and marry this other girl. And he said, I want you to marry us. And I said, no. 
I said, God didn't tell you that. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, listen, I had a dream about it. I said, he, God, he said, God confirmed it through other people. He said, you wouldn't believe all the stuff. He said, God has spoken to me several times about this, and I know it's right. And I said, well, I know it's wrong. I said, God's not going to say anything. He's just going to violate his words, go, goes against his word. And I said, no, I'm not going to marry you. I won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. And I said, you better run from that other girl as fast as you can. Okay? I told him straight out like that. Well, he, he didn't like anything I had to say. He married her. He's, he's now on his fourth wife. Okay? But he was convinced that he heard from God. You can, you can hear anything you want to hear, and you can be convinced it's God, and you can be totally deceived. And that's why it's so important to understand the discerning of spirits, that we come to God with a pure heart, a clean slate, with not our own bias, our own agenda, our own selfish ambition, the impure motives of our heart. We don't come to Him with any of that stuff. We let go of every encumbrance, every anything that's standing in the way of us and Him. Anything that's blocking an intimate relationship with Him. We've got to let it fall. We've got to let it crumble. We've got to get it out of the way. And when we get that out of the way, then we're going to come to Him with a pure heart and we're going to hear His voice. We're going to see what he's saying. We're going, to, we're going to know exactly what God is wanting us to do. And we're, going to, and, and we're going to hear. We're going to listen and we're going to hear because our intent is to do what God says. Okay? In fact, well, there's, a, there's another verse, but there's not time to look it up. Um, okay. Anyway, we've got to come to the place where we don't filter our decisions through our idols, but our idols are out of the way. So we got a clean pipe, a clear connection with him. Okay? Uh, in fact, in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8, uh, the NIV says, Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Pretty good, huh? Jonah 2, 8, Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Okay. Number one, get quiet. Number two, look in order to see. Number three, listen in order to hear with the intent to obey. And fourth, uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, record the vision. Write it down. As you receive it, write it down. This is so important. Listen, how, you, most of you can't even remember what happened yesterday, what happened last night. You had... You know, a lot of you really connected with the Lord last night. I mean, you went into visions. God showed you a lot of stuff. And if you didn't write it down, you've already lost a lot of the details because so many other things have happened since then. It's really, it's critically important. We tell people on our trips, you know, because so much stuff happens, we say, listen, you got a long line. You're praying for people. You got to write it down, write that. Keep a voice recorder, you know, say something. Do it, write down something that will jog your memory about what happened. And you say, well, no, I'll never forget that. You know, three or four people later, it's, you know, you, you can't even remember. The, <coughs> you can't even remember half the stuff that happened. We got on the bus. We were going back, and, and we, were, we were just kind of mulling over what happened. And I totally forgot that there were four deaf people that were healed. Four deaf people that I prayed for that God healed. And I forgot about it. You say, no, how can that be? Well, it does. It does. Listen, you've got to write this stuff down. Write it down as you get it, okay? Here's what I want you to do. Okay, we're, we're, we're almost through now. I want everybody to take out a piece of paper and a pen. 
If you don't have paper, uh, tear off a page, pass it around. Everybody get a piece of paper and a pencil. Everybody, real quick. If you need, if you need paper, raise your hand. <coughs> Grab paper from somebody next to you. Okay, we need paper right here. Keep your hand up. Somebody have paper right here. Paper right here. What? Okay, no, there's notepads. Is that what it is? Okay, good. Go for it. <laughs> Everybody have paper. You need, do you need a pen and a pencil? Raise your hand if you need a pen or a pencil. Raise your hand right here. We need over here. Okay, we need somebody, somebody give them a pencil. Did you, if when you get a pencil, put your hand down or a pen. Keep your hand. You got one? Y'all get one? You got one. Everybody got it. <clears throat> okay, we need a pen right here. Somebody have a pen right there. Good. Great. You guys are awesome. This is only going to take just a minute. Okay? Here's what I want you to do. We're going to practice what we talked about. I don't want to just talk about it and you leave here and say, well, that was really nice. I needed to hear that. No, we're going to practice this stuff. We're going to get still and we're going to get really quiet. We're going to relax and we're going to focus on the presence of God. We're going to come to that place of rest, a place of peace in Him. Okay? And then we're going to place ourselves into a Bible scene of your choice. Now, this is really important. Listen to me on this. Don't start yet because I'm going to instruct you. We're going to start in just a minute. Okay? Don't, don't start yet. I want you to pick a Bible scene. Now, I want you to go with the first Bible scene that comes to your mind, the very first impression that you get. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter if it's Old Testament. doesn't matter if it's New Testament. doesn't matter what it is. The first Bible scene that comes to your mind, you go with that. Okay? And I want you to, I want you to picture Jesus in that Bible scene. Now, I'm saying even like in the Old Testament or whatever, it doesn't matter doesn't matter. You just go with whatever. But picture Jesus in that, okay? And then picture yourself coming into that scene. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Jesus one of two questions. You know, you get your greetings over with or whatever. And I want you to ask one of two questions, okay? Write these two questions down. There's not time to ask both questions. But write down these two. First, you can ask the Lord, how do you see me? Ask the Lord, how do you see me? Or ask him, what would you like to say to me? Ask him one of those two questions. Don't ask him both, okay? One of those for sake of time. So I want you to, I want you to come to a place of peace, a place of rest, I want you to place yourself in that Bible scene, the first one that comes to mind, with the eye of your spirit. I want you to look around in that scene and wait until you really connect with him. Okay? And when you connect with him, and then you ask him one of those two questions and immediately start writing down what he says. Don't wait. Don't think, well, I want to hear everything, and then I'll write it down. No, he'll, he'll dictate slowly. He'll give you a sentence at a time. 
You write down exactly what he gives you as he says it. You write it down right then. Don't wait. That's really important. Begin to write immediately, okay? And we're going to take just a couple minutes to do this. So you ready? Go.
Well, some of you are writing a manuscript. <clears throat> okay, time's up. <clears throat> now, here's what I want to do. I want four of you that asked the question, how do you see me, to come over here. And I want four of you that asked the question, what do you want to say to me, to come over here. Just four, quickly. Okay, which, okay. What, how do you see me? What would you like to say to me? Okay? If, yeah. How do you see me? If you ask the question, how do you see me? Come over here. I want four over here. And I want four over here on what would you like to say to me? You all said, what would you like to say to me? Okay. We need a couple more. No, I'm on that side. There's too many. Okay, too many. Okay, just for sake of time. What would you like to say to, uh, to me? I mean, how do you see me? How do you see me? Good. Okay, come on. Okay, that's good. Okay, we're going to start on this side. What would you like to say to me? Okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell us the Bible scene that you placed yourself in. And they all ask the question, what would you like to say to me? And so tell us the Bible scene, and then what did God say specifically to you that he wanted to tell you? Uh, I choose a scene on uh, Ezekiel, I think, 47, 48, when was the waters running and was the prophet walking into the waters. Uh -huh. So I saw the Lord walking into the waters, and I get to the side of the Lord, and I ask him, how do you see me, Lord? Oh, wait, you said, how do you see me? How, uh, no, what do you want to tell me? Okay. Excuse me. Okay. How do you want to tell me, Lord? Okay. And then, and then the Lord answered me. I tell you that I feel you ready to do the words that I command unto you. Keep on and deepen the relationship that you have with me. Every day, I will manifest to you more and more. And every day will be easier for you to visualize me and learn from me. Wow. Whoa. <clears throat> okay, did he hear from God? He heard from, he saw Jesus in the river in Ezekiel. And he heard from God. God spoke to him. He asked him a question. Now, obviously, that minister, that's what he needed to hear. Right? Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the, the Bible saying? The Bible saying was the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay, good. The apostles greeted me first, oh. and I could barely stand there. They, they said, come, come with us. And I was there, and I could barely uh, be on my feet. And then <laughs> <laughs> when Moses and Elijah left, and then... The Lord, uh, I asked him what he wanted to tell me, and he said, follow me. Sorry, I don't want this to sound conceited or proud, but he said, follow me, my chosen one, for you will bring many souls into my kingdom. Yes! <clears throat> you are his chosen one. I know. There's no pride involved in me. that. He, he told me. Yes. You are my chosen. Did you know what? I could have told you that a million times, but you'd never believe it. When Jesus tells you, you believe it. So real. 
It was so real. Did you know what? The truest thing about you is what Jesus says about you. That's the, it's not what you're, anybody else says. You know what I'm saying? Okay, good. I Bible liked your, scene. I liked your road to Emmaus Bible to scene. Okay, so good. So I was on the road to Emmaus, and uh, I came up to Jesus, and Jesus looked at me, and he says, I know you know who I am, but these two don't. I want you to watch as the story unfolds. I am going to surprise my disciples, and you are going to participate with me and see for yourself the reality that I am alive. Wow. Cool. Now that's really going into the Bible scene there. Okay, I was on the the boat where they're on Galilee, and Jesus is asleep in the boat, and there's a huge storm going. All the disciples were at one end, and Jesus was asleep at the other. And I walked up, and I sat next to him, and he woke up, and this is what he said. Trust me. Trust me with all your tomorrows. I only have a good plan for you. I and the Father are one, and we carry you in the palm of the Father's hand. He holds you close to his heart. You're 100% protected. As you learn to trust me, my peace will be your shelter and your resting place. You'll learn to operate from my peace even in the middle of all the chaos. I hold you close. You need not fear tomorrow. Trust me, I do all things well. Watch and see as I work for your good as you work for me. Whoa! Did you need to hear that? Yeah, (laughs) I did. Kind of the storm's been brewing and it's, yeah. 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 Why do you think God put her in that scene? Because that's the way he wanted to talk to her. God put you in the scene that connect with you on your level to communicate with you his heart. Did she hear from God? No doubt. Okay. Now, how do you see me? Right? Okay. So what Bible? How old are you? 13. 13. Okay. So what Bible scene did you put yourself in? When I... They were on, Jesus was with the crowd, and Zacchaeus, he ran forward, and uh, he climbed the tree um, to see where Jesus was, uh-huh. and um, what uh, God told me, he said, I see you as the root of the tree and the protector of those who have been planted in my soil. Thirteen years old. <laughs> you drew a picture? Oh, he's got a tree. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Look at the root structure. Wait a second. You didn't read everything. I got this two of them around here. Well, here, let's do this one, too. Okay. Um, Listen also, to this. He told me, um, bloom where you're planted for the time which is which at your school and your church. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. That really, that's amazing. Repeat it. Say that. Um, bloom where you're planted for the time which is at your school and your church. Is God going to use this guy? 
amazing. God, we just we just we just pour out blessings on them. What's your name? Xavier. 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 Father, thank you for touching him, Lord. Lord, just let your protection be over him. Give him wisdom in every decision that he makes. Lord, as he grows in you, that he dedicates himself to your heart, to continuing to hear your voice, to see what you're doing and to respond, to not fall prey to peer pressure that would, that would cause him to, uh, to veer off track, but Lord, that he just be totally fixed on you. Thank you, Father, for using him powerfully in the school and in the church. And in that tree with those good, solid roots. Wow. Okay, so I had the same scene about Jesus calms the storm, you know. Um, I walked on the water to get into the boat. Oh, you walked on the water. I did. Okay. I walked on the water and I climbed in the boat and then I got his attention. And uh, so he looked at me and he said, you are brave and amazing. I trust your thoughts and mind. You are equally, equally yoked to my heart. All my treasures are yours. Your words are precious. Your love is so enduring. You tell the truth. You never deny me. I love your presence and your worship. You are wonderful and sweet like corn on the cob. <laughs> <coughs> Well, God talks to us where we can understand. I am mesmerized by your goodness towards others. I believe in you and all that you do. You captivate my heart. You will be spending eternity with me. Heaven cries out when I speak your name. You are a powerful influence on others. Amen. Wow. You know, it's interesting. God said to her, I love your presence. Did you pick up on that? Did you know God loves your presence? We talk about us loving his presence, but do you know what? He longs to spend time alone with each one of us. He loves your presence. He loves to hang out with you, just like he hung out with her in the boat. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, I was in a scene of Psalm 23. You know, about his still waters, and I saw Jesus laying his head on a rock, and he called me over to the, there was another rock, and I laid down next to him, and he said to me, I see you are struggling at this time. Trust me, I'm proving your character. Trust me, trust me. He said it three times. I love you, and it will be okay. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what you hear once in a while. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Amen. Yes. The still waters. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I was uh, I was kissing his feet and wiping and crying and wiping his feet with my hair. And I was telling him I love him and adore him. And then I asked him, How you see me? And he said my beloved, beautiful bride, I see you are so deeply in love with me. I see you radiant, spotless, blameless, holy, shameless, shining, beautiful. I see you are gazing at me with fire of love in your eyes. 
Come lay your head on my shoulder and rest in me. We will feel deep love for each other. Do you know how much I enjoy being with you? I love your kisses. Wow. Again, the truest thing about you is what God says about you. He described you. That's you. That's how he sees you. You know what? Isn't this awesome? Did you, do you realize there were eight people here, all but two, uh, I mean, only two of them put themselves in the same scene are similar because one was walking up on the water, the other was in the boat and went over to talk to Jesus. It was a little different thing, but it's kind of the same thing. But God put them in different scenes to communicate with them what he wanted to talk to them about in every case. Did you notice that? We all agree God spoke to every one of them. Did God speak to you? What, what you wrote down, was that God's word directly to you, what you needed to hear? Yes, it was. I want to ask you a question. Why on earth do we spend hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars going to conferences to get a word from God when you can get it yourself? What happened to the priesthood of the believer? What happened to our open access to the throne room of God? What happened to the ability that we have to hear His voice, to see Him, to see what He's doing? What happened to all that stuff? What would happen? You know what? Do you know how long I gave you? Five minutes. I looked on my watch. I gave you five minutes. In five minutes, you, can, you put yourself in a Bible scene. You connected with him. You started looking around. You started listening in order to hear. And you started writing. It only took five minutes. What would happen if you did that every day? If you just took five If you got up in the morning and you said, hey, I'm just going to get still. I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to get connected in. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, you don't have to run all over creation to get a word from God. You can hear it. Just like, just like this, the second lady over here. You know what? People can tell you the very things that God told you, and you don't believe it. But when God tells you, when the Lord himself tells you, it's a whole different ball game. You finally believe it. You can hear from God. My sheep hear my voice. You heard from him tonight. Now, aren't you glad you wrote it down? Now, go stick it on your bathroom mirror and read it every day. But not only that, you're going to have your mirror so full, you won't be able to see yourself. That's a good thing. <clears throat> because when you, take all of the, when you take all those things off the wall, guess what you see now? You don't see you the way you used to be. You see the image of the Lord Jesus Christ as you're looking in the mirror. Okay? You guys are awesome. This has been fun. Just listen, I'm telling you, you got to do this stuff. It won't do any good at all to let it sit on the shelf. Won't do any good at all. You know, <laughs> it's really funny, but you know, the doctor prescribes a bottle of medicine and, and you set it there and you go back to the doctor, you know, two weeks later and, well, you know, I'm sicker than I was before. Well, did you take the medicine? No, but I got it. I mean, it's sitting right there. 
Are you with me? We got to do the stuff. I just challenge you, do this every day. You'll have a journal so full of the blessings of God, you can expand. Ask him one of those two questions every day. Do it for a month. Then ask him, well, you know, what did you say about my job? What do you have to say about my finances? What do you have to say about my family? What do you have to say, you know? And let him talk to you. Go with a clean slate. Get rid of the idols. Nothing standing in the way of being able to hear him. Okay. Now, this is going to be a radical transition. <laughs> okay? But what I want to do, I want to take just a minute. Some of you really need physical healing. And so we're going, because God's here, he's all over the place. He's been walking among us. We've been connecting with him. In the same way that we connected with him, you can connect with him and you can receive healing tonight. He can just walk right up to you and touch you and heal you. Just like that. You believe that? Where's our, our ministry team? The ones that... Uh, <clears throat> Let's get the ministry team back up here. The one that Russ talked to. Or also, if you're just a, a core leader of our Blazing Fire team, you can come up as well. Also, I, I know that there's some that have been with us on ministry trips. Uh, you're qualified. So, so you come up as come well. Come on up. Don't be bashful. Okay, ministry team, <clears throat> what we want to do real quick, because this is, this is off-the-cuff, spur-of-the-moment thing, but you're going to see how this stuff works. Okay, I want you all to give words of knowledge for healing, okay? So I just put them on the spot, didn't I? But, you know, God's already get right when I said that, just things just came right then, right? Exactly. Okay, so that's what I want you to give. I'm going to come by. I want you to give a word of knowledge for healing. If you have the condition that they call out, I want you to stand up. If you're standing up and somebody else calls out a condition that you have, you're already standing. You can't stand up anymore, so wave your hand so that we'll know, okay? And team, if somebody gives a word of knowledge for healing that you, uh, that's, that you got, somebody already gives it, don't you give the same one. Go to your next one, okay? Give your best one, the strongest impression, that strongest one that you get, okay? Just go down the line? Yeah, just go down the line. All right. <clears throat> okay. Start wherever you want to. Doesn't matter. Are you ready? Do you have any? Okay, I'll just give your, you. because there's, there's so many of you, we're just going to give your one strongest one. Headache. Headache. You got a headache. Stand up quickly. Okay, keep going. Like a back pain right here. In the Where? Lower back? Lump, okay. On the side? That's kidney area. Is it right? right it's in the kidney area. I don't feel it now, but I felt it. Okay. You mean in the middle of your back or into the side? Okay. Right there. Okay. Everybody see it? Right there. Everybody okay. see where I'm? Okay. Stand up. That's you. Okay. Just a minute. Okay. Sharp pains in the heart. Okay. Pain in the heart. Okay. Well, I was feeling headache. It might be a headache, but left eye pain. Just left eye pain. That's you. Stand up quickly. Okay. Keep going. And if, or if you have it and you're standing, remember wave. 
and ulcer. Ulcer. Okay, good. Uh, tension in the back of the neck on the right side. Okay. Stand up. Good. I heard cancer or someone you know that has cancer. Okay, cancer. Rotator cuff. Which, either side? Left. Rotator cuff. Rotator cuff, okay. Good. Uh, right ankle. Right ankle. Good, awesome. Dental issues. Dental, good. Good. Something behind the left shoulder blade. Anything? Left shoulder blade, behind the left shoulder, okay. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So okay. somebody who's had a hope that's deferred. Okay, good. Hope, hope deferred de makes the heart sick. There's someone who has had hope deferred. Something under the right uh, rib cage. Something on the side. Pain on the left side or right side. Okay. That wave or if you or stand up. Okay. Left Good. knee um, pain. Okay. Left knee, everybody here. Okay, good, good. Uh, good. Lung issues, sicknesses in the lungs. Lung. Lung issues, okay. Kidney condition. Kidney. Okay, kidney. Okay. Um, bladder infection. Bladder infection. Okay, okay. Stomach ache. Everybody hear that? Stomach ache? Right elbow. Okay, good. Uh, the neck, right at the base of the skull. Okay. Uh, two of them already been mentioned. Uh, teeth pain, also uh, the back right here on top of the hip, and then the right knee, sharp pain in the right knee. I got also just a sharp pain in your right wrist right here. Okay, that's you stand up. Okay. Rest, you got one? Oh, okay. <coughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, great. Now, here's what I want you to do. If your condition was called out and you're not standing up, you go ahead and stand up now. Okay? Now, whether you're standing or whether you're seated, it doesn't matter because God can heal your condition even if your condition wasn't called out. Some of you, I noticed, you kept raising your hand on several of those. Some of you need an overhaul. God is in the overhaul business. I mean, he loves to do that. We, we, we have a tendency to limit what God can do by our own littleness of believing that God can actually do it. And it's easier for us to believe that God can heal somebody else than it is that we can believe that he can heal me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we were in, uh, in Vitoria, Brazil. A uh, 68-year-old lady, she looked like she was 100 years old. She could barely, daughter was helping. She came up and we said, you know, what's wrong with her? Said, well, she's legally blind. She can't see. She's so deaf that her daughter had to scream in her ear to get her to hear anything. Her back and her knees were so bad that she could hardly bend over. She couldn't, she could hardly move. Okay. We begin to pray for her. Just a quick prayer, asking God to open her eyes. I mean, I'm not, not 30 seconds, instantly, she had perfect vision. She started crying. She looked all around. Her daughter was so excited, grabbed her hand again, prayed to God to open her ears. Honestly, 30 seconds, God opened her ears. She could hear everything. Her daughter standing behind her whispering. She could hear everything. I turned it over to my interpreter. I said, you pray for her back and for her knees. 
because we were training her. She said, okay. She said, how bad is your back? And, she, and the lady went, you know, I mean, she could hardly even move. About your knees and, you know, like that. And so she grabbed her hands. She said, God, 30 second prayer. God, heal her back and heal her knees. Well, instantly, the lady started bending over like this. She started bending over. She reached down. She touched her toes. She started doing knee bends like this. 68 years old, instantly she was healed. Listen, she got her sight. She got her hearing. She got her back. She got her knees, all of that stuff. And you know what? She was jumping up, and she was running around, and she came back, and she said, wait a minute. And I thought, what? She said, pray for my hands. She said, her fingers were stiff. They were like ping pong paddles. She could only move the tips of her fingers. Now, you know what? If you were blind and you can now see, that's pretty good. How many of you would have said, well, you know, that's good enough for now. We can, we can you know, we can work on <clears throat> Or to get your sight and your hearing and your back and your knees and have the audacity to say, well, wait a minute, my hands, I need more. The lady got a complete overhaul instantly. We prayed for her. The, the, the man interpreted it. She started moving her fist like that, making fists like that. She jumped up and down, ran around, testified before the whole church. The place came unglued. They all knew this old lady. And she didn't look 100 years old anymore. She was transformed by the power of God, and it can happen to you. Just like what he did for her, he can do for you. Okay? So I want to, again, we're going to, practice the stuff that we're doing tonight. I want you to just begin to entertain this present. I want you just to relax now, okay? <clears throat> and I want you to put yourself in a Bible scene where Jesus healed somebody. And I want you to ask him a question about your condition. I want you to connect with him and to see what he does. Father, we invite your presence to come in power. Lord, that you'd walk among us, that you'd release your healing presence. We speak to sickness and disease and say, go in Jesus' name. I command every demon of sickness and disease to leave your body now. I speak to your body and I say, body, respond.
to the living presence of God. Come into alignment with the Word of God. Receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to the pain and I say, go. You afflicting spirit, I command you to release that person now in Jesus' name. You spirit of infirmity, go in Jesus' name. Right now, release, release in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for a release of faith for healing. I pray for a release of the gifts of healings in this place. The working of miracles in the name of Jesus. Right now, many of you are being touched. You're, you're feeling something is starting to happen. It's like all of a sudden, it's like there's, there's something going on. You can just kind of sense it. Maybe you can feel it. Maybe you can't feel it. But maybe you can just see the Lord doing stuff to you. you maybe some of you, God is releasing healing angels in this place. And you just see right now that healing angel coming up to you and ministering healing right now. That's right, receive it. Receive your healing right now. Pain go in the name of Jesus. Total restoration. Eyes, ears, back, no, uh, necks, arms, shoulder, legs, hips, feet, ankles, whatever it is right now. Just reach out, receive it. Now, a lot, of you, a lot of you are sensing that God is starting to do something. If you feel like that, 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 that something is happening, you, you may not be completely healed, but you, you just sense that God is beginning to touch you. Would you raise your hand real high? Raise it up real high. Look at this. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. God, I thank you that you've started the healing process. I ask you to bring it to completion now in Jesus' name. Bring to completion that healing process that you've started right now. God, release that healing anointing. Let the river of healing flow through this place in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of God burn out all sickness and disease. Cancer, go in Jesus' name. I break the power of that cancer, and I command every cancerous cell to die in your body. Right now. More, Lord. More, Lord. Quickly, I want you to begin to test your body. Do something you couldn't do before. We want to find out what level of healing you've received. You know, if it's your shoulder, just start moving your arm around quickly. If it's your neck, move your head around. If it's your back, bend over. Test yourself. Test your knees. You know, do whatever you have to do. If you have to do push-ups or sit-ups or you have to, have to run around the building, get out and run around the building. Do whatever you have to do. This is really important because you can receive healing and you won't know it unless you test yourself to see if you've been healed. We have people all the time that as they start to do something they couldn't do before or test it, that's when they receive the healing, right then. Okay? So test, twist, turn, jump. Run. Test, test your hearing. Put your finger in your good ear. See if you can hear better out of the other ear. Check your vision. Cover up your good eye. See if you can see better out of the other eye. Quickly. Everybody test. 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 Quickly. Quickly. Okay? Did you test yourself? Everybody? Okay. Let's find out what's happened. Since you've been here tonight, you came here tonight, and you're at least 80 to 100% healed, the power of God hits you. Raise your hand right now. I want to see. Raise it up real high. Raise it up real high. 
Look at this. <clears throat> okay. We're going to go for 100%. Okay? If you're 80 for 100%. God, we ask for total 100% healing right now. All the symptoms go because the cause is gone in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now. Receive your healing. Receive it now. Doesn't matter what it is. Take the limits off God. God can do anything. He's no respecter of persons. He's a worker of miracles.